Hello, and welcome to Cenophiles, episode 3. Today, we're talking about Legendary, but you know what you know the deal is. You know how it goes. Welcome to Cenophiles. This is the Internet's number one John Cena film review program, and we are here, as always, to discuss the cinematic career of the Doctor of Thugonomics, the 16-time world champion, the best-selling author, the TV show host, the guy that said that thing that he probably shouldn't have said and then had to make an apology that he shouldn't have made, and overall sentient meme machine himself, John Cena. And yes, if you look down below, uh, we are not agreeing with the man on this on some things today. Um, but, as always, I'm Henry T. Casey coming to you from dreary, dreary Manhattan. It's a ugh, day outside, but it's a great day on Cenophiles. Mike, this is Mike Andronico. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing great, yeah. Also, making the best of this wet Sticky, gloomy day in New York. Uh, but you know what? It's a long weekend. It's a holiday weekend. It's Memorial Day weekend. It's my birthday weekend. And there's no way I would like to kick off my birthday festivities than uh, talking about the 2010 film Legendary with my good buddy Henry. So uh, a good start to what should be a, a very fun weekend. You know, I mean, if a cow were in this movie, I would say they would, they would probably say it was legendary. Like, it's that kind of a movie. Um, yeah. So... Anything you want to say before we kick things off? Anything anything going on aside from your birthday? Any just I, I think I'm just jumping right into that. Yeah, I'm I'm ready to go. We uh, I think some just just some funny uh, some funny background info on today's episode. I think it's pretty funny that this is the uh, little behind the scenes on the making of how we make cinephiles. This is the one movie you can't really stream or rent anywhere. So Henry and I both own physical copies of legendary i think we both got it on amazon for like uh less than five dollars so there's this actual uh physical we own this movie physically uh it is a relic of the the previous decade i also think it will get into it but it's amazing how like the main character of this movie is so obscured on the cover he's like just a tiny fraction of yeah. of of what you actually see here so that's pretty funny um, and I think it's pretty hilarious that we both we own physical copies of this film and we both use our PS5 to watch it, um, which is just complete overkill. But how, fun little tidbit. But how janky did the op the DVD menu look on your TV? Because it was just so overly pixelated on mine. It just looked like it was trying to like it was something weird about it. Yeah, it looked okay for me, but it was for me it was more. T I needed a few minutes to to actually figure out the PS5's media controls, which is a whole other thing. But but we did it. We made it through. Um, so yes, this is legendary. The 2010 film, uh, as you can see on the box, starring Patricia Clarkson, John Cena, uh, and Danny Glover. I forget the actor who plays Cal, who's effectively the main character. But uh, yeah, some some quick tidbits before we we go through the his, plot. Oh, by the way, his name is Devin Gray. Spelled D e v o n g r a y e. So you technically could call him Devon if you felt like it. Like the All spelling right. of the name allows for the, but he doesn't get any tables. So okay, so yeah, Dev, yeah, Dev, uh, yeah, Devin Gray, uh, who uh, yes, definitely did not get the table in this film, but uh, is notable for for playing teenage Dexter in the TV series Dexter. But anyway. Um, just some quick stats about this film. Uh, it has an approval rating of 19% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, but the audience score is, is, is in the 60s, a little higher. That's usually how it is. 
Um, unlike a lot of, unlike the previous films we've talked about so far, this was not a success in the box office. Uh, it did not crack the top ten in its only weekend in wide release, uh, and it finished with just over two hundred thousand uh, dollars in total revenue. So, not a success at the box office. Definitely not a success just as a film. And I was trying to remember, was it co-produced by a, a different studio? Because I remember typically the pre, the last two were all 20th Century Fox and WWE films. This is just, um, oh, Samuel Goldwyn Films is a distributor on this one. And they are a private indie with that is not a subsidiary of anything else. So, the, um Although it was acquired by MGM in twenty, sorry, in 1997. so this is now an Amazon movie. Um, technically, so th- hopefully this movie will be streaming soon. Um, but <laughs> should you stream it is a better question. That's what we come here to answer every episode. And um, also, one thing about this movie that's interesting is, uh, let me find my notes. Um, when you're when you're going through the opening credits. Did any names stick out to you about uh, the opening credits of the film? Mm. Uh, I don't recall. I was more I was more entranced by the actual narration. But but what did you spot, Henry? Music by James Allen Johnston. Um, mm. Can you figure out whose other name? Who has a who? If that name by another name, James Allen Johnston. Can you guess who that could be? Oh, no, I've got nothing. I'm stumped there. Legendary WWF and WWE music producer himself, Jim Uh, Johnston, the the uh, free CFO dollar sign music god, which is weird because there's not many bops in this movie. Um, I was going to say, this is a very, we'll get into it as we go. Yeah, this movie is very heavy on like very 90s style alt rock where it almost sounds like knockoffs of like, Jane's Addiction and Limp Biscuit and Lincoln Park in different sections. Uh, there's a straight up hustle loyalty respect song, which we'll get to. Um, but yeah, the music, I won't say the music is good in this film, but I definitely noticed it because it was extremely of its time and of a WWE produced film. Um, but you know what, Henry, walk me through the beginning of this film because it's it's oh, right yeah. off the gate. It's right off the gate. It, it kind of grabs you uh, in a surprising way. Um. It's okay. First of all, WWE Films logo, Solemn Edition. The, uh, previously, it's the edgy edition of the logo, and you can tell that something's off because now this is a quiet morning. Yeah, well, this isn't. Yeah, this is an art film, so they had yeah. to tone it down. Um, and Danny Glover is for some reason narrating the movie over uh, sepia toned photos, telling you about the history of Oklahoma, the Sooner State, because the people there were too soon, as in they didn't follow the rules, and. Mike, I got a question for you. If you had to think about the characters in this movie, how many of them are trying to approach life too soon or too quickly? Is there any one character in particular that you would apply that branding to? Because a character with the first letter L, I would sort of say, approaches life in the sooner mentality. And I'm not sure Uh, that was intentional, but when... Yeah, it's... You know, I never thought of it that way, Henry. But yes, we'll we'll talk about uh, Lily or Luli, how she's how it's written in the credits. But well, yes, no, it's Luli. It, they call her Luli, and that's it's short for Lords. L O U R D E S. I looked it up on, which I believe is Madonna's daughter's name, if I remember correctly. My um, in, my useless celebrity lore. Um, but um, the narration from Danny Glover, he says, uh, my granddaddy was a Sooner, and Sooners were an ambitious bunch of independent survivors. 
and it's all hard scrabble is f a f m but that's sort of like a lot of the vibe about some of these characters they are sort of surviving through stuff we'll get to yeah. what that stuff is soon or or later um and then we briefly the camera pans over trophies in a high school trophy case in 1973 mac chetley won a wrestling uh, award and then 1998 mike chetley won an award and then we see somebody wrestling, and then that person also likes fishes a lot because they're talking to fishes in a thing, and they're trying to get a suction pump working, and that's where the movie sort of really begins. Mike, what yep. what what happens? Yeah, so here we meet our our protagonist, Cal Chetley. Uh, yeah, he's fishing for catfish. That's what he does. He's just out in the water, as Henry said, getting his pump pump ready, and you know he's kind of like the I guess kind of the, the the typical nerdy kid in appearance, at least in the beginning. And then to complement that, you've got kind of the typical group of Billy's, bull, Billy's, sorry, double Tadra bullies walk by. And uh, the main guy, the, the main jerk of the, tr- of the trio, Billy, played by Tyler Posey, who went on to, he's now like a big heartthrob. I think he was on Team Wolf, all that. Anyway, um, he's, you know, they see Cal struggling with this pump. They're like, oh, right off the bat, amazing dialogue. Because Billy's, like, getting lucky, Cal. And Cal is just like, I don't know, is your mom here? So despite looking like a dork, Cal establishes right off the bat, he's not taking any shit. So, he has a very, like, Spider-Man, like, he yeah, has a comeback for everything. But He's very he's very Peter Parker. He, has, he doesn't care. And, and so, but so Billy bully, doesn't like that. Yeah, but the bully's sidekick. Did you, did you write down what the bully's sidekick says after Cal says something about the bully's mom? Yeah, she's like, uh, oh, he says something like something insulting about Billy's mom. Yeah, like, oh, the maybe bullies, with her. Yeah, with your mom, so gross. Yeah, your mom. It was like an emphasis <laughs> on like it, basically the bully's friend was calling his, the bully's mom gross. It was like a very odd. Yeah, an and odd... so obviously, so, yeah, Billy's like, what the hell, man? And Billy did not appreciate that remark, so he he pushes Cal into the water. Cal takes a little dip, and then they they walk away. They're like, all right, it's not worth it. We're not gonna fight him. Um, and then Cal pulls himself up, uh, you know, drying himself off. He's got a bit of a cut on the head. And then lo and behold, here comes the Obi-Wan Kenobi of the film, Mr. Danny Glover himself. And he's just out of nowhere walks in and we, he's looking to fish and he's looking for catfish. And giving out some inspirational messages to our friend Cal. Uh, the bullies, when they leave, say, later, sucka, um, to Cal. Um, also, since Cal actually got blood on his forehead and he's a very, like, earnest guy, I'm like, wait, is, I had to look at, the, I, I had to make sure this guy was actually named Devin Gray because a bloody earnest boy, I'm like, is this young Cody Rhodes in here? I was like, what is going on with this movie? But he was, he was gigging for real. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, but yeah, Danny Glover's character wants to, and at some point we learned that this guy's name is Red, I think. Like that's. Yeah. So that's um, what... Oh, or so we think, which well, we'll get it's, to. It's it's one of his names. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's... They have a, an emotional conversation. Like, I think Dan, um, Red is, like, sort of asking what is he here for? What is he wanting to do? And trying to be encouraging. And you're just like, huh, this is weird. Uh, the narrator is now showing up in the film. I yeah, wonder what very, that means. Very, very fourth wall breaking. But so, yeah, we get, we, we get a little back and forth between Red... And Cal, 
uh, get to know them a little bit, and then eventually we're we're kind of back at uh, the Chetley residence. Uh, Cal is Cal is there. Uh, Cal lives with his mom, uh, Sharon Chetley, Patricia Clarkson, and we see Cal going through some newspaper clippings. We find out that Mac, uh, who was you know this famous wrestler, uh, was unfortunately killed in a car accident. He's reading the paper, the newspaper clippings, and. Um, there's a quote from a man, there's like a memorial quote from a man named Harry Newman talking about how great Mac was. Um, so, you know, their dad was was very beloved. Uh, we don't yet know where Mike, we don't quite know where Mike is. We All we know is that they're kind of estranged. Uh, and then we start getting some back and forth between Cal and uh, Sharon. And um, yeah, it's a... <laughs> Sharon wants to know what happened. Why is he bloody? He's not, expe- yes, he's not explicitly yeah. bloody, but... Um, which one of them said the phrase "Papa Cap in the butt? Was that Sharon or okay. Cal? Some of them, because, like, we learned that, like, Sharon works as some, like, we never get a full idea, but she's, like, working in law enforcement in some way, it sounds like, or she has a gun of some kind, like. Yeah, she mentions that, and then, yeah, there's some, uh, you know, so, yeah, we, we have that moment, Sharon's being the concerned mom. Uh, right off the way, there's some, like, awkward I don't know. The the way Cal and his mother interact it feels weird and inappropriate at times. Um but we again we 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 get hints of kind of Mike you know where Mike fits in this picture and that he's gone. Uh he's on an oil rig it, somewhere is what, yeah, is, so what they, Sharon yeah, we'll, says. Yeah, and we'll get there in a sec. Um and then, you know, they Cal's like, Can we go to dinner? Sharon's like, Oh, can I bring someone? And it turns out she's like has a date with the assistant da or something uh so cal's like never mind i'm good <laughs> call me when you get the actual da they're just kind of bantering um then we get our first shot of mike chetley uh and as far as first appear like as far as intro scenes for a john cena character this is a pretty memorable one just because he, he's like at a construction site soldering and he's wearing the ridiculous soldering mask and you just see him take it off and you're like yeah it's john cena it's like a blue uh, jumpsuit he's it's very <laughs> much like oh john cena is here hello john he's cena. As, as blue collar as he's ever been even though he's been a cop in, in previous films like he's somehow even more blue collar here um but unfortunately as soon as we meet him uh we find out he's getting let go from his company because things are slowing down they just don't need him right now um, that's the second so that's... movie that John Cena gets fired in very early in the movie. Um, wow, yeah. Uh, so that was how he started, basically, in... Um, thank you, Bill. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, yeah, no, we are streaming. Um, we are. Uh, this is a stream about when men throw men at men, I guess you could say. Um, yeah. um, but welcome. Uh, hope you're doing well. Hope your day is going well. Um and yeah, uh, but after he stands up, we jump basically jump right back practically to Cal and his mom, uh, because they're on the phone talking, and she goes, "How's your day?" He goes, uh, "My day sucks." Blah blah blah. She goes, "Don't say sucks." And then um, she is like, "Cal's like, so how's your date with the assistant ADA?" She goes, "It sucked." And it's very much like uh, this is a this is a real mother and son conversation. Very, yeah, very lifetime movie. Um, and then, you know, we, we realized that Cal, you know, Cal's starting to show an interest in wrestling, um, which of course Mike and his father did. And eventually, uh, you know, we see him, he decides to kind of check out, 
uh, check out the gym and check out what the kids are doing. We get a little montage of what the wrestling scene is like at their at their high school in Oklahoma. And um, and let's so that kind specific. of specific. This is amateur wrestling. This is like high school wrestling yes. club. Just because yes. when you think John Cena podcast talking about kids wrestling. No, no. This is the Riverdale Tornadoes, the high school wrestling team. And who and their motto is you can't pin a tornado. And uh, you, so, that's what you It's true. You scientifically physically can't. Nope. And then we um, cut to the forest. Yes. Oh, the forest. God. Uh, so here's where we meet Luli, Cal's best friend, maybe more, but we'll, we'll get to that later. Uh, and yeah, we see, we meet Luli, this, Cal, uh, this, this younger girl. Um, she's in the woods surrounded by boys. They're basically asking her to you know, show, show them some things. And then Cal's sneaks up behind a tree and yells at the kids to leave, leave them alone. We found out that we find out that she's basically getting money to, Expose herself. Yeah, uh, she what yelled, you "Don't bunch up." That was how she. Well, the first words we hear from her is like, "She's like, she's trying to run a business here. She's trying yeah, to run she's... an organized uh, form yeah, yeah. of." She, it was the original OnlyFans, basically. Like they didn't really have smartphones back then. This is what she could do, and she had some yeah. cash in her hand for it. And then um, the boys are react. It was four boys, and they just go, "Whoa!" I, that's how I knew it was gonna be. Like it's a very funny like. <laughs> It's it's and the, and the Luli stuff only gets weirder as the film goes on. Yep. But anyway, Cal Cal doesn't like that, so he yells at the kids to leave her alone. Um, they get to talking, and he mentions uh, that he wants to get into wrestling, join the join the amateur wrestling team. And this is one of many great comments from Luli. She's like, "Ooh, did you get to wear those little tight fitting wrestling suits?" Uh, she's very excitedly. And when uh, he says she, yes, she says, "I'd watch you." Because she has yeah. a very that kind of voice. Uh, she's yep. played by Madeline Martin, who you might remember as the younger daughter or the actual daughter on Californication. Um, and Cal's first lines to her is, everyone knows you grew melons over the summer. You don't have to show them. Um, <laughs> yes. And then she goes, I got reasons. And yeah. she goes, she tells Cal, what's there not to like? Um, she goes, I got reasons and they like him too. And she goes, and Cal goes, what's there not to like? And then she immediately starts to, un and he goes, no, no, don't do, Cal's like, don't do that. So he's trying to like, he's almost yeah, they, they, not into her at all, it seems like, and she's like aggressively pursuing him. So it's very much an ador a weird, adorable kind of thing going on. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it only evolves as we go on. So anyway, so again, we know now that Cal's showing some interest in wrestling. We, we catch him weighing himself uh, in his bedroom. He's hasn't hit the right weight yet. I think he needs to be in like the 135 range. Um, Sharon catches him weighing himself. He somehow, uh, he finds a way to talk around it. I don't know if he brought up the wrestling thing yet. Um, and then she, <laughs> she, Sharon says something along the lines of like, Oh, you won't, you won't catch me on that scale. He's like, mom, you got nothing to worry about. It was just like a sweet corny moment. Uh, if, if maybe a little weird. Um, but when he so, says he's looking to join the wrestling team, Sharon immediately gets angry and talks about how wrestling ate Mac and Mike up, which. Yeah. So wrestling is that one boss we don't tell people about from Resident Evil 8. OK. Um, yeah. But it, like, yeah. And when she, she doesn't want she doesn't want what happened to them to yeah. happen to Cal. But Cal is like um, he almost gets into a fight with Billy, the bully at practice and coach is like the coach, the coach, coach Kenneth. Uh, no, not like that, Tenet. Uh, Coach Tenet goes, uh, what's wrong with you two? 
And you go and um, uh, <laughs> Billy says he he's interested. He's look he's he's in, he's got the hots for my mom. And then Coach Tennant goes, "Are you interested in Barrow's mother?" Cal goes, "No, sir. Not at least with her clothes on." And dude, I love I love Cal's like again. He doesn't take any shit. Like in that scene where they're they're going back and forth and being rough with each other. Like you know, for it's Billy starts it, slams him down. The next the next time they grapple, Cal just straight up elbows him. Uh, and yeah, as Henry pointed out, he's he's not you know he has, he's got a sharp tongue. So even though he's uh, you know he might be the typical uh, nerdy kid, he's he's getting in there. He's wrestling. He's ready to throw hands at any time. Um, and this is where we learn that Cal listens to opera in his spare time. Um, yes. So he has a very <laughs> much like okay, smart ass wants to fight, and he he de- he decompresses with opera. So he's he's a well balanced character. He contains multitudes, and yeah, again, like with Sharon's giving him more of the spiel, saying like you should stick to all these other things you're good at, like geology and all the nerdy science things, and you know. We, we we find out we basically find out through their conversation that Cal wants to wants to wants to meet Mike, wants to learn more about his dad through Mike. Sharon gives the typical like he'll only disappoint you. Cal's like, whose fault is that? There 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 is a bit of tension here. They're kinda arguing a bit. Um <laughs> then uh then Luli shows up to yes, their house. And uh how is she dressed at this moment in time, Henry? It seems like she has all of the layers on at once. Like it's almost the Joey and Chandler bit from the episode where Joey wears all of Chandler's clothing at once, but um she's yeah. also wearing like cut- cut-off denim. Like it's if that it, this is that scene, right? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. They're on the front porch. Yeah. And Lily asks if Cal likes her outfit. And he basically says so, but he doesn't say so directly. He dances around confirmation. And Lily then kisses him on the side of the cheek and says i'd like to see you wrestle and it, it's the it, most serial killer ass tone like it is like oh no, like henry's henry's not exaggerating that's literally her inflection like she has all these little one-liners that are just incredibly creepy uh if if somehow slightly endearing at the same time but yeah that that happened yeah no she she uh she has a duality um yeah and then cal is on a Cal basically gets on a bus uh, soon after this. He wants to yes. go visit Mike. And you see a sign uh, for three nearby towns, Porum, Warner, and Chicota. Um, and I looked it up on the maps. And this places them basically south of Tulsa. And that's when I realized I have no idea what Oklahoma is like because I've never been. And I was wondering, have you ever been to the Oklahoma? So yeah. I have not. Um, no idea what Tulsa's like, and this movie doesn't give us that much of an idea, but except for, like, like, a bar, and a trailer, and a school, um, and a warehouse. It's just, it looks, it's just very, like, blue-collar, blue-collar, small-town America. Yeah. But, um, a tired woman who has sort of those, like, <laughs> raccoon-style, like, the eyeliner is sort of worn in around her eyes, answers yep. the door of the trailer that Cal's going to, and she goes, who are you looking for? And... Cal's there asking for Mike, so she lets him in. Uh, we have a great kind of. <laughs> we have a great. Uh, Henry knows exactly what we're talking about. Just the shot is amazing because Mike emerges in the dark, completely shirtless, jacked as all te- as all hell. Keep in mind, this is 2010 John Cena, just an absolute monster, but looking very somber. You know, Mike's not in a great spot. He's drinking a beer. 
Um, he's barely talking. Like, this is like... Really, yeah, yeah. We sort of get the full range of, like, brooding Cena to sort of normal Cena later in the movie. But, like, he's, like, barely talking. He goes, and he basically tells Cal, I don't think I can help you. Yeah, yeah. The, the funniest, you know, like, Mike's like, I'm just really busy right now, which we know isn't true. We know he got laid off and he's just in a rough place, but... He tells Cal, like, yeah, you don't really, and Cal's like, maybe we could just visit, be friends, and Mike, uh, Mike's very much like, no, I don't think, I don't think you'll want that. And uh, while that's going on, Sharon shows up to, Sharon goes to talk to the coach, based, she's, she tries to convince the coach that Cal doesn't want to wrestle, um, and the coach kind of knows, he kind of <laughs> sniffs, <but that's, laughs> he, he sniffs, here. <laughs> yeah, he sniffs out that that's bullshit, and he's, you know, he's like, if you try to stop him, then, then, you, then you just have a whole other problem, and coach just kind of promises to to watch his back and um yeah then we we eventually get back to uh cal and red at the lake and time for another pep talk and he's basically asking because um also coach agrees he promises to bench cal if cal gets out of control because mm-hmm. sharon's like trying to intimate that she knows what happened with her her son and her husband her late husband um yeah but the coach says that, and that makes me think that's going to happen. Spoiler alert, it doesn't really happen. Um, yes. But Cal uh, goes, he's at the fa- the uh, catfish fishing hole again, and if you looked up on IMDb to figure out what the character's name was, you'd get spoiled. But uh, Red asks Cal to share some of those heavy thoughts he's carrying. What does he tell him? Oh gosh, I, I, yeah, I don't. No, no, there's barely nothing told. It's very much like he's dancing around it, but he admits that he wants to wrestle. But like, he's just. Do you ever try to get somewhere that you're trying? It's the most nothing yeah. dialogue it's ever. Yeah, you're ever trying to get somewhere that yeah feels like you can't go. Yeah, and then and then red red kind of relates. He's like, yeah, he's like, I wanted to be a western movie star and ride off into the sunset with a girl like John Wayne. So they're kind of what stopped you, Red? What did stop, Red? I couldn't ride a horse. There you go. <laughs> Danny Glover with his classic wit. Uh, probably right. the best performance in the film, just by by virtue of it being Danny Glover. Um, uh, except, although, in terms of the script, yeah. But in terms of the script, it no, interestingly enough, the guy who plays Cal noted that his favorite character in the script was Luli. In one of the extra deleted content scenes that you, special features. Interesting. His favorite character was Luli. Um... I mean, she does get she does have quite a bit of development in this film. Um, I thought she said that uh, happened before the film started. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's not good to say. Um, no. But basically, uh, um, in, but there's someone gets injured on the high school wrestling team in the yes. 135 weight class, 135 pound weight class, and that gives Cal an opportunity. So yes, yep, it's time for a weigh in, and we've seen a lot of weigh ins lately. And this was better than the way in I watched last night. I gotta give them credit over at uh, Legendary Wrestling. Like this was a very simple, like a little bit of intimidation. Um, mm-hmm. And then before you know it, Louis in the crowd cheering for Cal, and you know that because even when the camera doesn't show her, the microphone picking up Madeline Kahn's voice is audibly upped for her versus the rest of the room. And Sharon's a little late for the meet, but she's still able to be there for Cal's match. And how does Cal do? Oh, he gets he gets his ass absolutely whooped. Uh, it does not go well for him. He gets he gets pinned down pretty quick. 
in my notes, I have that some sick 2000s TRL alt rock is playing, just some straight butt rock. Uh, it's worth noting that uh, before this happened, Cal tried to get in touch with Mike. Uh, a different woman picked up the phone than last time. And she's, you know, he, he tries to tell her, like, hey, can you just tell Mike I'm wrestling Friday night if he could come? Uh, yeah, Cal but it addressed it, it, her by the other woman's name. She goes, oh, this yeah. is. Good <laughs> yes, job, it's kid. Good job. They're, they're painting a very specific picture of Mike here. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, this is obviously this is Cal's first match. So typical sports movie fashion. He gets absolutely wrecked. Does not go well for him. Um, we cut to Mike beating up a punching bag. And then, he's yeah. He's got a really tight beanie hat on. Like, he's like, <laughs> is the, this is like the second or third Smash Brothers skin of Mike Chetley. Like, this is very yeah. particular. But even after Cal loses, his coach is encouraging. But Mike, yeah. but but when Mike's lady friend has to go, she says, "Oh, your uh, your brother Cal called. He said he was going to be wrestling." And then yeah. Mike reacts subtly and emotionally, but not that much. Um, and then we cut back to Sharon and Cal talking. And yes, here, uh, Mike, I think you want to handle this part, don't you? Yeah, this is, uh, again, this is one of the many great uh, Luli scenes. Uh, well, the scenes regarding Luli. So Sharon and, and Cal are talking. Um, Cal's trying to insist that, like, she's not his girlfriend. Char- Sharon's like, does she know that? Uh, and then they kind of, exp- you know, we we learn more about Luli. She he mentions that, you know, her mom's not really in the picture. She's got four brothers. So she doesn't really have a, a, a real female uh mother you know maternal figure in the in the picture so sharon's like okay maybe maybe one of these days i'll go talk to her give her some girl time um we see that cal's still losing and wrestling i think we get a, a cut of another match and then a pretty pivotal scene coming up um mike's out at the bar just uh playing pool having a good time and you know just calmly asked this this large meathead man to move out of the way uh, and the big dude does not like that. And what happens next, Henry? Uh, yeah, um, the man, the big, bald, bearded man in my notes um, asks, do we have a problem to uh, Mike Chetley? And then a fight ensues. And Mike basically uh, treats him like he's Ethan Winters and he's Lady Dimitris. <laughs> um, he gets smacked. Mike smashes this dude's head on the table like multiple times. And um, it's, I mean, it's it's not it's not much of a fight. No. It's more of uh, it's more Mike dodges a punch. But, um, this is a moment sort of like a down part of the movie because Cal had just asked his he said to his coach or his mom, it can't get much worse. And then we had a montage of Cal losing. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. Um, and then also. Um, so after Mike gets into this fight, we it's the next morning. And Cal's hanging out with his friend who barely appears in the movie ever and only seems to appear as, like, somebody for Cal to talk to who isn't Luli. Um, and he's not really giving him, like, a pep talk or anything. He's just sort of being honest with him. Yeah, that was sort of not going well. And the bullies show up. And um, they, they like, laugh. And they didn't, we, like, we didn't know your brother was in jail. And they throw something at Cal. And then Cal... And... Yeah. No, that's uh, that's that's how Mike finds out that uh, that that's how Cal finds out that Mike was arrested for assault, and um, um, either Cal or his friend goes, I didn't know Barrow could read. Um, again, <laughs> the the repartee. Uh, we watch yeah. these movies, so you don't have to. You might if you want, but um, I'm not sure where this is going to end on our on our rating scale. Um, 
But then we that's how Cal learns that Mike is in jail. And um, again, we're talking with uh, Red, if I'm correct. Yeah, no, we're see, I, we're I, I, I didn't take too many notes here, but Cal and Red are kind of having their usual fishing, uh, being fishing bros, and, and Cal's kind of catching them up on what's happening. Um, and then you know, uh, Cal, Red gives him some good words of advice. He's like, a month ago, he didn't know a wrestling mat from a bath mat. So he's like, too. yeah. Yeah, he's like, of course you're losing. Like you're just starting. You know, he's being a he's being a good coach. Uh, it's almost like he it's almost like he knows a thing or two about wrestling. Who knows? And he, goes, uh, I know something about brothers. I had eight of them. And it's like, yeah, okay. okay. So he's very yeah. He's trying to relate, trying to help Cal out. It was really uh, so great. of course. Sorry, it was really great that he said I had eight of them because so far in this movie, Cal is the only no, Red is the only non-white person in the entire movie. So if he had said, I know something about brothers and he's the only black guy in the movie, it would have been a little awkward. So it's really good that they said he has eight, of bro- was, eight brothers. I was worried that's where it was going. Fortunately, it did not. Yeah. But uh, so, you know, Cal decides that he's going to he's going to go to the courthouse, go to Mike's trial and try to set things right. So, of course, he's uh, Sharon doesn't know that he's he made up he made up a whole plan. I think he's, uh, he, you know, he's basically going to run away. He's, Lily's kind of, Lily's kind of cover, covering for him. So Lily's kind of helping Mike get his attire together. She's like, oh, I feel like we're eloping. Even though he, even though Mike's just escaping by himself. Oh, sorry, Cal. Yeah. Getting the, um, getting the brothers fixed up. It feels like we're eloping, except you're not coming. Yeah. And she's like, at least kiss me goodbye. And then he, he kisses her on the cheek and she'll be, she'll, she says, I'll be collecting too. Next time it won't be on the cheek. Uh, and yeah, so <laughs> the yeah, aggressive, so just, the aggressive horniness of Luli is like ex- it's threading a needle here because honestly, the precocious young kid character really has to. You can't go too far with that without it getting a little weird. It's yeah, I mean yeah. So she she knows what she's she wants and uh and she's not afraid to 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 say it and then give this film some some incredibly hoarding energy in the process but cal eventually shows up to the courthouse it's kind of you know says some words in defense of his brother is saying how mike taught him so much so that Cal's usually there to stop him from getting in trouble and just saying that like you know i need my brother which this was actually a sad scene because cal's like kind of making stuff up just to save his brother because he really they haven't really been had a relationship no. for all this time and he, we learn his full name is calvin chetley so that's yes. a really great a uh, little bit of character development um but yeah. yeah he lies straight up in court but the good thing is he wasn't under oath i was like i thought about it for a second. <laughs> like oh the judge just let him give testimony without yep. making him swear in a bible okay that's how things work and uh yeah so but it, you know the uh mike gets let off and um you know all the what all he says to cal outside of the courthouse is are you hungry and uh, I was like, yes, I'm starving. So that was kind of his invite to come come home and hang out with them. There's some pretty good dialogue here. Like, Cal's going through, uh, Mike's going through the fridge. He's like, what do you want? <laughs> and Cal's like, oh, I don't know. It's just been so long. He's like, no, I meant to eat. And uh, yeah, Mike's just kind of explaining, you know, why, trying to explain kind of why he's been the way he, he's been. He's basically said he's kind of the eight the past eight years have been kind of a blur from him and you know things have been kind of rough since since dad passed away and he also gives uh cal a bowl of like a entire tupperware of meat like, yes for bulking basically like that's when he says he's hungry it's like oh what do you have to eat 
He just hands him like this like cold steak sliced steak, I guess. Yeah, it's not like a meal. Yeah, it's literally just a bowl a bowl of meat. Um, and then Sharon is trying to figure out what's going on because uh, she goes to Luli and she's like, so where is um? I'm not gonna try to do that. Uh, she's like, but she knows that Luli's lying because Luli is a bad liar. She keeps looking away to think about what the lie is gonna be. She doesn't even have anything prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, and Luli tries to. She's like, I can't tell you the truth or else I'm gonna break a promise. Yep. And it's very so, uh, yeah. Yeah, she, you know, she's being she's being the you know. Yeah, she's being the protective best friend, but she does say, like, one thing I know about Cal, he'll be all right. Sharon says, come by sometimes, maybe we'll do some girl things. And then, yeah, so Cal's just kind of catching Mike up on uh, on his life. Eventually, Mike Mike realizes what's up, and he's like, do you want me to teach you how to wrestle? Cal's being meek about it for a few seconds. He's like, oh, yes, yes, please, teach me how to wrestle, please. And, uh... This is where this is where the movie starts to become a lot more enjoy, enjoyable because we get, we start getting a bunch of training montages. But Cal, but when Mike offers to train him, Cal goes, "You got a lot going on though." <laughs> Remember to remind Mike that he lied earlier. Yeah, um, of course, but he just says it wholesomely enough to like he believed it, which I, a good, a good that's a good liar versus a bad liar. Um, but Mike brings Cal to church, as it's called, which is an empty warehouse, and that's where he's going to train him psychology. And also, other yeah. Stuff. yeah, so yeah, it's we, it's a great montage. We got some heavy alt rock in the background. We get a, we see Mike toss a ball at Cal and he knocks it back. And he's, you know, he's, he's telling him, he's like, you got to work your mind, your body. We got to do all this. And um, so I eventually uh, Cal's back at the gym, uh, back with his team. Apparently, he must have missed a match doing all this, you know, when he was retrieving Mike. Billy's there trying to talk shit. And um, the coach is basically like, you know, I give all my guys one chance to get it right. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you have one more chance. There's also a weird, just a funny, as a, a quick funny aside of like another uh, another kid shows up late and he's like, Do you have a watch, get one. Like he's just <laughs> yelling. It's just one of those random throwaway lines I thought was pretty funny. They're trying to prove this is actually a team and it's actually taking place in a school. Because so much of the movie seems like everybody in the entire thing is revolving around Cal. And we'll get to yeah. that later in a moment where I thought I was just sort of laughing pretty loudly. Yep. But um, there, there's like a bonding and like Cal even gets Mike a job. That was a that was a really sweet scene. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, you know, I could get you a job on the rigs with some of my, my old geology guys. And uh yeah, Mike's very taken aback, and he's like, "Is is that okay?" He's like, "Yeah, he's just I'm not used to getting that kind of help," and uh, that tugged at the heartstrings a little bit. Um, and then, so yeah, they they have a sweet moment. Then we're you know we cut to Cal and Luli at school, and he's like, you know, he's in full training mode. So <laughs> you, Henry knows what I'm about to say. Probably the best line of the whole film. So Cal grabs Luli's bag, and he's like running up the stairs, r- running up and down the stairs to get his cardio up. And then, and then just immediately, Luli's like, "Nice Heine." Speaking of Heinies, mom wants you to stop by. Your mom wants and, to see my Heine. And just all time, like I don't, I don't know how, uh, I don't know how this actress didn't win awards for this film, but uh, yeah, that was. I remember because this is the second time. The first we watched this movie in person the first time. I remember all of us looking at each other like, <laughs> just in total disbelief. Um, 
But, um, but yeah. Cal and uh, Mike are back in the same room again. We cut back to – because now it's time to talk psychology. And every time I say that, I'm like, are we going to do – is this really going to be pro wrestling? What's going on here? But oh, no. We, get, we, get, we get – Henry will break it down. We get the pep talk of pep talks yeah. here. He, we, so somehow – Mike goes, somehow you're going to instill fear. And he basically says, imagine that if you lose when you're doing the weigh-in, you have to look through your opponent. But you have to imagine that if you lose, your girl has to go home with him if you lose. Which, as Cal would say, I don't, she's not my girl. Um, but have that show in your eyes is what Mike says to him. And he goes, do it right. They sometimes pee themselves. Incredible. Um, but... Then I mind you, one... this is John Cena delivering these lines just as John Cena-like as possible. But there's one more thing that John, that Mike imparts to Cal. And what is that, Mike? Mike goes, one more thing. You gotta weigh in naked. It's uncomfortable, but it makes them uncomfortable. And that's exactly what Cal does. It shows you're proud. Yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly what Cal does. And he's just, we see his bare ass cheeks after he weighs in. I, I feel like we actually don't see the other wrestlers react as much as you would expect. We see the opponent react a little bit, and yeah, and somewhere you can just imagine that Luli is just going, "That's America's Heine." Oh, hundred percent. That's yeah. Uh, she somehow was probably in the locker room at that point. We know she found her way in, um, but you know the pep talk worked because Mike finally, or rather Cal, finally gets his first win, and we see that Mike is starting to watch. He's hiding in the stairways because, of course, you can't see him, but he wants to support his brother. Not quite ready to show his face. Um, but yeah, so so Cal gets the win, and then from there... It's just, we sort of get a little... But like Cal's even surprised that he gets the win. Um, yeah. And before the fight, or before the match, Mike says, listen to music gets in your soul. And thanks to Soundhound, I discovered that song was called Letters from the Sky by a band named Civil Twilight, which came mm. out right before this movie. Um, I was surprised it wasn't opera because that's um, cognitive. It doesn't match up with the rest of the movie, but who's keeping track of things really? Um, but Mike walks away before anybody can see that he was there. And Danny Glover is in the stands cheering my uh, Cal on. And Mike, before he leaves, finds his record, like his, like his re wrestling record brick in the high school. And he looks at it nostalgically. And then we get a montage because Cal starts winning. And Mike has a job. The brothers are getting it done. And Cal's one male friend shows up again. Gives him a small congratulatory hug. And that's about it. Literally the most throwaway character in the entire film. Although he, he has he has a nice little moment towards the end. But uh, yeah, so then... Uh, oh, oh, So Cal, eventually at one point Cal and Luli are talking about, I guess, the upcoming dance or prom or ball or whatever's happening. And she's like, what are you wearing? And she's like, I'm making it myself. He's like, is it legal? He's like, you're, are you, you're not still showing boobs, are you? And just kind of that kind of silly back and forth between the two of them. Oh, you almost don't forget. Cal really wants to know a move called the reverse cradle from Mike. He is asking when they're training that I got to teach me the reverse cradle. And Mike's like, you're not ready. He, he's like, barely like Jedi training stuff here. You're not ready. <laughs> Very much. Yeah, and speaking of training, so yeah, we get a quick chat between Cal and Sharon. She, she kind of, she there, there's a quick lie in there. She's like, practice ends at 4.30. What are you doing all that extra time? So she doesn't know that Cal's spending all this time with Mike yet. So, you know, that's hinted at. 
and then Cal meets uh, one of Mike's buddies for some additional training. I forget the guy's name. Theo Henderson. Theo Henderson. He's a Theo. Big, yeah. Um, Cal, uh, Mike, I had to write this down. He's a big time tiny wrestler. Which yes. don't be confused here. He is not Hornswoggle. He is just a Uh-oh. he is just somebody who is not as tall as John Cena. Which to Mike Chetley, that means he is tiny. Yeah, and he, exactly. And you know, we get another little trait. There's so many training montages in this film, but this was one of my favorites because now we see the three of them training together. And there's a great scene where Cal and Theo are like doing these alternating jumps over mike while mike is doing push-ups and it's just so it's like almost looked like it was meant to be comical but they're all training um we and then oh yeah so we get uh luli and sharon together the big girls moment uh which is kind of nice she of course luli just with some banger lines she's like this is kind of like extreme makeover minus the boob job um but it ultimately ends up being a really sweet scene. Sharon's imparting some good wisdom. You know, don't give them, don't give them the whole package. Give them, you know, tease them a little bit. Let yourself be chased. Don't be the one chasing. Luli asks uh, Sharon, "When did you get your first kiss?" Uh, and Sharon goes, "When I was thirty-six. And then Luli like almost loses it, going, "Oh yeah, no. yeah." But it's and then she goes, "No," and Luli says, "Was it with um, Cal's father?" She goes, no, but it made Cal's father notice. So it's basically like play these boys against each other is almost the message yeah. here. But not really, as we'll soon realize. Yes. So, uh, oh, boy. But so before it's, it's... we get there, Mike sort of teaches Cal about the, re- the reverse cradle because it's a fake out. Yes. It's a fake out pinning maneuver. But um, we get to prom and Cal and Lily walk in and there's no big reveal for the dress. It's just like a nice, like, black, a little shininess silver to it. But, um, yeah, it's a dress. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so Cal and Lily show up to the dance together. And lo and behold, there's Billy just being his his dickish self. And he's basically asking Lily for a show. She's like, you know, how come, like, ev- I feel like everyone's seen your boobs except for me. Uh, and uh, he literally try- he literally starts unzipping the back of her dress. Cal immediately hits him. They get the hell out. Um, so while that's happening, Mike uh, makes a very unwise choice. And we say while well, that's happening a lot here, because this movie is a lot of like very small scenes. I just sort of want to point that out. It's like, you could have had some, but for some reason, no, everything has to be jump cuts back and forth. It's almost like... Parallel, yeah, a lot of parallel storytelling. Very much WWE production, a lot of jump cuts. Um... But Mike's at his favorite watering hole, the St. Rose Tavern that we saw him in earlier where we got into the fight. And, um, but that's just for a brief second. We cut back and Lily says, why does stuff like this always happen to me? And Cal says pretty much the exactly wrong thing to say here. He goes, because you're Lily, you bring it on yourself. I, I, I was like, I wanted somebody to, to like slap yeah. Cal in the face because that's not a good That was kind of kind of a jerk move and then but you know they that somehow segues into them having a sweet little chat and then they hug and then eventually they kiss um which was fine it was you know innocent and sweet but i never really bought that cal was into luli like that so it felt a little random that the kiss felt a little forced but you know yeah it's it's this is 
this is legendary. There's much bigger things to criticize in this film. In but a way, that... it almost felt like the fight with um, Barrow made Cal a little, just a little more like emotional, and that's what brought his yeah. blood up to make a kiss. Like he, because hundred percent. At one point, Sharon asks him, "You got to explain to me why wrestling someday. You got to explain to me." <laughs> and it's sort of like, uh, just watch your son and the emotional like adrenaline that he gets out of all of this. Come on. Um, mm-hmm. But Mike goes to the bar. Um, the bartender, who is, plays an important role in the film, um, mm-hmm. says, hey, Mike, it's been a while. Sort of politely eyes him up and down. And, I mean, how couldn't you? Come on. Um, but Big Bald Beard is back and calls somebody on his little flip phone. And yeah, Mike so this... <laughs> is staring at his beer. And what happens when Mike is staring at his beer? Oh, so I forget the exact sequence of events, but... um. He puts it down. He just decides, I'm not drinking he's like, tonight. Yeah, he's, he's like, you know what? I, I, I know what happened last time. I don't need to do this. He decides to leave the bar. But just as he leaves, the bald guy's two cronies are right outside. And then the bald guy's right behind him. He's like, we don't have to do this. And he's like, you're not. They're like, you're not getting away this time. So a fight ensues. And again, even in a three on one, Mike is kicking ass. He's, you know, he's dodging. He's reversing. He throws one dude through a glass door. Um... You know, he, he pretty much takes out the bald guy and one of his friends. But just as he's emerging victorious, one of the other guys hits him with like a steel pipe or something. He knocks yeah. him out somehow. I rewound it like three times. You can't tell what it is except for the fact it was it was uh, lengthy and metallic. Um, that's all I could figure out. Um, and then yeah. cut, jump, smash cut to Cal training on his own. Montage again. Yeah, so yeah, Cal's so Cal's not Cal has to train on his own. We have we see Mike in jail, which Mike John Cena in a in an orange jail jumpsuit is such a comical sight because his muscles are just so large and it and the jumpsuit really accentuates that. Um, so Cal and Sharon are talking about it, and then but how you know, much time Sharon... to process him? Shouldn't he have like wouldn't he just be in a holding cell? Like they there's some lot there's some jumps here that are a little yeah. It doesn't make sense. So there, you know, Cal and Sharon are talking about what happened. Cal reveals that they've been training together all month. Sharon's super upset that Cal never said anything, obviously. Um, and you know, Sharon's kind of explaining why Mike is the way he is, and he kind of blames himself for Max's death, which I think was because uh, he wasn't able to pull him out of the car in time or something of that nature. Um, so no, he, he, um, basically, yes, uh, Mike shot out of the car. And or was ejected from the car, and uh, Mac wasn't um... something like that. Yeah. He, there's he has real survivors survivors guilt going yeah. on. And um, Sharon had begged them not to go. Yeah. It, why are you doing this? You don't need to, because Mike's gonna beat the crap out of this guy no matter what. But yeah, um, Mac knew that. But Mike was like, "But Dad, you always say never." turn down like always take advantage of your opportunities to scout the opponents and it's like oh okay. yeah so he's so mike so we learn mike's kind of always carrying that uh so yeah we're you know cal's getting ready for the big championships i think over in tulsa uh and sharon pretty important scene sharon comes to see mike in jail so this is the first time they're seeing each other in years uh again i just noted how funny john cena looks in that jumpsuit um but sharon uh mentions that she was able to pull some strings again the uh the callbacks in this film she was able to pull some strings thanks to that ada that she dated so you know they're gonna 
the waitress verifies everything about Mike not drinking a drop. He put down the beer, like, and then it was just, it was all his self-defense. So, but she goes, Cal needs you, Mike. And then yeah. he, she gives that emotional, I want my son back speech. The reason why you cast Patricia Clarkson in this role, really. The reason why you get an, a probable award winner for this movie. Yeah, yeah, I want my son back, but I still don't know how. So, so that you know, Mike is free. Uh, we cut to the tournament. We see that Cal's doing pretty damn well. He's winning. Uh, Hustle, loyalty, respect is playing in the background. I don't know if it's the same exact song that John Cena has used at some point, but it's playing in the background. I noted here, and it does come. It comes back in a big way later on. And uh, you know, Sharon tells Mike that Cal really needs him there, and you know, they they have a nice little moment where they kind of acknowledge. <laughs> how screwed up their relationship is and how much there is to repair. But it's like, we got to get through this. We got to make this work, especially for Cal. And it's just like, Luli is incredibly mic'd up as, as always in this movie. Um, <laughs> it's just like very much like they're like, sorry, I live in New York. New York is a loud city. This is not a production studio. Unfortunately, um, I'm assuming y'all can hear the uh, thing in the back. Um, but Cal's doing well. Cal is like, um, but Cal runs into Red in a moment of panic when he goes back to the next day of the fight. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so so Cal kind of has one final uh, one final pep talk with Red. Cal tries to con- Cal tries to tell Red that, like, he's done wrestling and that he doesn't want it. And Red kind of sees through all that. Um, and, you know, he has a really great motivational line. He says, no one's asking you to win, Cal. Just don't quit. And, um, yeah, then we, then there's a pretty pivotal moment where we, Cal's in another match. Uh, he's having a rough time. He's, he's not doing so great. But then in comes Mike. Mike finally shows up. Uh, he comes to watch. He's, he sits in the crowd. You know, he's letting himself be seen. And um, Cal gets the takedown and wins the match. And actually, his opponent gets a little hurt for a second. Which felt like a rant. In hindsight, I don't know what was the point of that scene was that uh, Cal's opponent got injured here. But anyway, uh, you know, the long story short is that Mike shows up for Cal. Cal gets motivated by that. Cal wins. It was like it wasn't. I almost think the point was like it wasn't a not a clean win, but like there was like an like maybe uh, show Cal's strength to put Cal over, basically make make mm-hmm. Cal look strong. I guess is the way. I, yeah. I think that was part. I think that was part of it, and so I think at this point, Cal's kind of getting ready for his his finals match. Um, you know, Mike uh, Mike catches up with the coach. He's gonna he's gonna help coach the final match. And uh... <laughs> Cal had won that last match, which removed that not even Mike taught him. It was a guillotine, which yeah. So Cal's been learning on his own. We're showing some independence from Cal. Yes. And um, the thing is, it's. Still now, right around here is where I noticed that Mike Chetley doesn't seem like Mike Chetley as much anymore. Now we're basically sort of seeing him as a sort of later film era John Cena, just sort of being like John Cena. And he's he's yeah. He he says, "Just turn on some music." Got What do you what are you listening to? And he goes, "Opera." And Mike Mike goes, "What?" And Cal goes, "It's like Italian." And the and Mike goes, "Who are you? Who are who are you? Never mind." And just listen to it. And he walks away, and he's walking away. He goes, "Opera," and then fun little scene. Yeah, but and a better scene happens when 
Mike and Sharon, no, Cal, yeah, Mike and Sharon are talking, and Lily walks up. And Mike, what happens? So Lily shows up with this huge box for Cal, and she looks up at Mike, and she goes, I want you to know you're everything Cal describes, only better looking. So just completely, she just has a thing for the Chetley boys. Uh, so she's just, you know, acknowledging how good looking Mike is, as anyone should. John Cena, very beautiful man. Um, He's just uh, a uh, Chetley boy. Chetley boy! <laughs> <laughs> thank you henry for that thank you happy oh birthday, my goodness Mike. happy we birthday. Need... <laughs> uh, thank you that's that's a great gift now now we need we need the full mp3 of that but she hands mike this giant box as like a as a gift for his final match so mike's in the lock uh cal's in the locker room opening that gift and then the most just mind-blowingly terrible pointless how did this get approved line of dialogue because Cal's in the locker room, getting ready to open his box. Theo shows up. Mind you, Theo's basically the the one black person in this group. Theo shows up, and Cal's just like, hey, Shaquille O'Neal. And, like, Cal, this movie... Theo literally says, that was terrible. Yes. Like, he speaking calls him for on us, it. Yeah. Speaking for all of us in the audience. Somewhere it Red, was just... somewhere Red is very upset with uh, Cal for being, for saying that. Yeah. Like, what, what, have like, I not trained you well? Like, what the hell? Yeah, I don't get it. Like, you know, this granted, this this movie wasn't great to begin with, but I don't know what, who on the writing team decided, like, all right, we need this random, just it's like a, slightly oh, racist. He's short and he's not tall and here's. Yeah, I think that was the joke. No, that's, but yeah. That is what Cal thinks the joke is, but the joke is just like he's a dumbass, I guess. The, the yeah, the timing of it just makes no sense. Anyway, as Theo said, that was terrible. But anyway, so Mike's opening his gift from Lily. And uh, it's two gifts. The first one is a pump, uh, which was amazing because obviously Mike's a, a, a catfisher and this, he needed a new pump. And um, he was like, yeah, if you knew Lily, you'd understand how big a deal this is. But that wasn't it. What else was in that box, Henry? It turns out the pump is actually just a part of the props because Lily has basically gone to um, learn from all the greatest in uh, set design and pyrotechnics, like, AW's barbed wire match could have learned something from Luli. Um, because basically, first of all, there's new gear. They yeah. pull out this Bam Bam Bigelow Flames Guy Fieri looking hoodie slash like drape thing that they put on. And it's got red jewel uh, like rhinestones on it. Like it's very okay. This is a thing, um, but it's very peculiar. And they um, basically. It's time to have the match start, and it's they walk in, and all of a sudden it's full pro wrestling mode because the explosions go off, fire. Um, I don't, I couldn't even tell what song it was, but it was like hustle, hustle, loyalty, oh, respect okay. was playing. So yeah, again, full WWE at this point, and again, and uh, that incredibly minor character Donald, I think his name is Cal's best friend. He's the one working the pyro. He's like, all right, we got to give this kid something. Uh, but yeah, this is when the the movie just goes full pro wrestling and Cal just has this epic entrance to his final match. And it's like, but before the match starts, Cal and Mike have this moment. And it's a moment that really was thankfully there and happening and necessary. Because without this moment, the concerns I had about what was going on with one of the characters in this movie were... This this moment alleviates a lot of concern because they both recognize Danny Glover standing in the crowd. And 
Mike goes, you know him? And it turns out Red is actually scrolls up through notes. Red was actually, if you remember, if you in that blink and you missed it moment, um, the friend of the family who made a very, because um, when Mike was, sorry, Harry Newman wrote a very nice quote earlier in the movie that was in the newspaper clipping that Cal was going through. And that's, he's, uh, uh, sorry, he is Harry Red Newman is the character's name, as IMDb taught me before I got to that part in the movie. And they, it just turns out he's a f uh, family friend who knew their father. And, like, that's how it all works out. And it's like, okay, great. I'm like, thank God he's not a ghost. This entire time I was yeah, expecting we... this to be full, um, what's his face? The, um... Who's the golf caddy movie? Um, not Billy Madison, right? No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> not that golf caddy. Um, but um, uh, golf. I think it was Jamie Foxx. Let me. Uh, um, no, I, I'm using the T search tool, Mike. That's my muscle memory. It's so I was trying to. Um, but it, 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 um, it was just this like. Yeah, I, no, I had. And I had the same because yeah, we watched this together the first time last year, and we all were we all were sitting there wondering like, God, is this going to be like their dad reincarnated? Is this going to be a ghost? Like, what kind of what kind of surreal nonsense are trying to pull here? The Legend of Bagger Vance when Will there Smith, you go. Will Smith, Matt Damon, <laughs> Charlie's Theron movie. No, no, no. Yeah, Red is real, and um, basically, Cal and Mike have their little moment, and then before we know it, the match is on, and. Um, Cal actually gets a moment as Mike realizes to try the reverse cradle. He actually goes for the pinning maneuver. And, uh, this is, this gives you the wholesome moment of Sharon finally getting it. And like, she's screaming during the match, uh, squeeze it, which out of context doesn't really work. Um, but then she yells, Cal, come on, pin him. And like, everybody's enjoying it. And like, uh, coach Tenet and Mike jump onto the mat practically. And they're looking closely at the shoulders on the mat. Um, is uh, this guy going to take the three-second tan, basically, is what they're wondering. And it turns out, no decision. Or a time limit. It goes to the yeah. time limit. And the crowd goes quiet. And mm -hmm. what happens? Well, so yeah, so it goes to decision because Cal is not able to get the pin. And Cal ends up losing by a few points by decision. So there's definitely a moment of disappointment. You see everyone kind of get deflated. Uh, Mike especially just kind of gets on his knees and looks down, but uh, you know eventually, Mike uh, Cal walks off. Mike looks up and uh, they embrace, and he's you know he's still so clearly proud of his brother, uh, and that's you know that's more or less our ending. We we you know we see that even though Mike didn't win, he he had this great journey. Uh, Cal didn't win. He had this great journey. Became a wrestler uh, and did pretty well. And then we get kind of a just as the film opened. We get a kind of motivational outro from Red. But, like, he got his family back together, and that's what he truly yes. won. He won his reunited family, and that's what really matters. And this is when the crowd kind of gives, because, like, Cal has this earnest moment with, he hugs his mom, and him and Mike hug, and he kisses Louie, and the crowd gives a standing ovation, kind of, to Cal? Yeah. Really? Everybody yeah. cares that much about Cal. I guess I get yeah, that that's is weird when you think about it. I mean I guess if you I guess if you consider if if this was the home crowd 
And but if these people the, knew it was the away venue, I thought. Yeah, so it definitely makes no sense. No. Also, I see a like, home crowd. Yeah. Yeah, I could see a home crowd being like, all right, this scrawny kid could barely wrestle and he made yeah. it to the finals. No, but like it's weird and it doesn't and then like um like even Billy Barrow shows up and wants a fist bump. Yeah. And right in front of Luli, um Cal in the name of sportsmanship, I guess, does it, but not like half an hour or like forty five minutes earlier, he was like a giant d bag to them at the pro- at the prompt or the dance like it doesn't he's, yeah he's, he's being the bigger man it, yeah. it doesn't make sense though yeah yeah um but red's narration pops back up because red and mac made a promise that if mac wasn't going to be there red would help everybody get there along the way and that's exactly what red did and he also he drops a great piece of wisdom saying not all legends are about victory some are about struggle and basically the things you learn along the way and it turns out that uh while max wrestling performance wasn't legendary his ability to, his family counseling skills uh indeed were because the band is all back together we get a very brief so we cut to credits and we get that like where are they now kind of text over image it was oddly short and it was something like correct me if i'm wrong henry it was like cal went on to wrestle in 48 matches mike was in his corner for all of them he Lily's x number of yeah. them like yeah Lily's pump still works. Yeah. And I think that was it. Which is a... I'm just going to say, <laughs> referring yeah. to it like that is... They knew what they were doing, or at least I hope they did, because... Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, this is um, legendary. Um, the credits play, and I fast-forwarded to the end of credits to make sure there wasn't a post credit scene, because um, the uh, legendary cinematic... The LCU, turns out it's yes. not saying there won't be... Um, Cal Chetley won't be back in Legendary 2, 2 Legendary, 2 Legendary. Um, or wouldn't be the cl- the Clash of the Heinies would have been the sequel. Um, yeah. But basically, yeah, this was the movie. And um, if we go back to our spreadsheet, which I will update our Twitter um, profile with soon, um, we, we can see that currently Cinephiles has um, two rated movies. Um the Marine got 2.5 knuckle shuffles out of five. Uh, 12 rounds got three knuckle shuffles out of five. How many do you think legendary deserves? Cause I think we're in agreement on this one. So it's interesting. Again, this is, this is a movie we've watched before. And I think the, you know, the first time we reviewed it, we were extremely down on it. I do think it's, I do think it's one of the lowest quality films in this entire filmography. Um, but I didn't necessarily hate it the second time around. It was, it did have this kind of wholesome, cheesy quality to it. Uh, I would definitely, I definitely felt like it was a little too long. Um, I don't know if that's because I was rewatching it, but I feel like it could have just been a little tighter. Uh, I personally would, would give this either a 1.5 or potentially even two knuckles, but I'm curious to hear where you're at, Henry. Yeah, no, um, I, because, um, Oh, I, a man once told me t- we shouldn't have ties when you're comparing things. Somebody once told me that they, they were very dead set against ties. Um, I don't want to give it a two point five. I don't think the, the Marine was a no. little bit more what it. The Marine got two point five, and it was a little bit more confident in what it was. It was exactly what it, and this was a little too all over the place and a little confused about what it was trying to be at times, and not always successful. So because. I think I know just still just because I think I know where things are going in the future. I want to give this a 1.5. 1.5. 1.5. 1.5. 1.5. 1.5. 1.5. 1.5. 1.5. 1.5. 1.5. 1.5. 1.5. 1.5. 1.5. 1.5. 1.5
because here's the thing. The, the ratings sort of suggest, would we or should you watch? And of the John Cena movies, I think I would give this the lowest of what we've seen. Right, and we both, because we both know, and, and we'll get to this next week's episode, but I would say after Legendary, there's a significant bump in quality across most most of these films. We're um, about to hit the the bump, I believe. I don't think yeah. we're at the, I don't think, um, like, we don't have Malcolm Bivens guesting on this, so we're not at the bump just yet. No, 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 no. Um, I, I, I'll say this is a 1.5. I think this is what I would call the nadir of the Cena oeuvre. Um, yeah. Um, and remember, if... we are not including stuff like um, uh, uh, the Amy po- Amy Schumer movie and the Tina Fey Amy Poehler movie because that, those are just cameos. We're, yeah. We, we, we want to be talking about actually a lot of Cena. Like, unfortunately, he wasn't the main character in this, but he's... A, f- a featured character in most of these movies. Um, so I think 1.5 fits for this. Um, yeah. Mostly because I'd have a harder time recommending unless people are drunk or watching it with newly legal substances, depending on their state of uh, location. Um, yeah. This is the least um, enthusiastic of a recommendation I can give. Um, but it does show a different, it does continue a trend that 12 rounds started in that, John Cena is starting to get a little more attention from other bigger actors that are working with him. Last time we had um, Aiden Gillen from Aiden Gillen, Game yep. of Thrones and The Wire. Um, now we have both Danny Glover and Patricia Clarkson. So, and next time we're going to have a couple of other famous people who you might remember from some coming of age movies from the late nineties and early aughts. Yeah, that, it's a it's it's a reunion, if you will. Oh, that is because it's called the reunion where John Cena is Sam Cleary, um, and we're going to be doing that on Saturday, June fifth, again at one o'clock. Um, I think one o'clock, um, and we're going to be doing that then because we're taking tomorrow off. Because as we said earlier, tomorrow is Mike's birthday, and Mike's got a big day planned, big birthday boy day. Take that for yourself, um, and uh, well. Who knows? Maybe next time we might even talk about. Um, no, we won't talk about Double or Nothing because that's what we're going to watch tomorrow night. But um, stay tuned for the late for the next episode of Cena Files. Um, we always have fun doing these, and um, as you might know, because if you're watching, not watching this live, you're listening to it on podcast or YouTube. Uh, check us out on those platforms. The podcast, the podcatcher of your choice, will have it because we are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And then YouTube as well. Just search Cenophiles, C-E-N-A-P-H-I-L-E-S. And uh, yeah, that is the legendary story. Get your glasses of milk, folks, because this was a legendary day. Um, that's the outro credits. Um, Mike's going like, I don't know. I, you had some extra monster energy this morning, didn't you? Um, but uh, we will see you next time. And I will talk to you later. Peace.